Welcome to the latter sessions, where we're going deeper with the story of Jacob. We're going to take a couple of minutes each week and allow the word to ask questions of us. So grab a partner or a group and dive in with us. Here's this week's session. Hey everybody, welcome back to the latter sessions and thank you for joining us again as we journey in the story of Jacob. It's wonderful to journey together in the word and we want to take some time really digging back into what we saw on Sunday. On Sunday, we spent some time looking at a terrifying moment for Jacob, the reckoning with his brother Esau, which really turns out to be, by God's grace, a moment of reconciliation. So I want to encourage you, if you've missed out on that message, uh, there's some incredible things that God will speak to your heart. Go back and have a listen to that or some of the other things that we've been uh, journeying through, particularly even the last ladder session, Echoes, just so important to set up what we're talking about today. So don't miss it. But I want to look at something that happens in Jacob's life as he prepares himself to encounter his brother Esau again. He is the character that our story follows But as we've said all along, that doesn't make him a hero. More often than not, Jacob is is an anti-hero. If you read the whole story, he can't help himself from making decisions which are not very heroic. In the coming week, we're going to see how Jacob becomes known as Israel. And from him, we get the 12 tribes of Israel that the rest of the whole Old Testament follows. And here's the thing I want to look at a little bit deeper today. Israel, the man, is the chosen one the bearer of the covenant promises of God, Israel, the people, they're chosen as well. They're the central characters of the Old Testament. But neither of them are the hero in the story. We've talked about this a little the whole way through. In fact, neither of them really acts very heroically all the time. Uh, Oftentimes, they act completely as the anti-hero. Like this moment where we see with Jacob and Esau, Esau is the one who eventually acts heroically. He shows the mercy and grace of God. Jacob recognizes this. He says, when I saw your kind face, it's like looking into the face of God because in his brother Esau, he sees God's heart for him. The real hero in this story is God himself. And he is all over this moment of panic Jacob has waiting for Esau. He's all over the moment when Jacob actually speaks to Esau. Think about it. Before Jacob meets Esau in this moment, he sends angels ahead to comfort Jacob. Sandwiched in between the fear and the actual event, God himself wrestles with Jacob. After Esau showcases God's heart, God continues to walk with Jacob and Jacob is never the same. You see, he'd gone through his whole life from the womb. Even after seeing a vision from God at Bethel, Jacob's lived his entire life with himself as the hero of the story. Every other person that he encounters exists to serve him in his mind. So he wouldn't consider anyone else, their feelings, their desires. He wouldn't even consider it, let alone submit to what they want to happen. He's always looking out for his own interests, his own desires. But in this moment, in Genesis chapter 32, with Esau on the way, Jacob has to face the fact that life, according to me, myself, and I, has created more problems than it's helped. He's out of options. He has nowhere to run. Esau is on the way. He's coming. He has no more tricks up his sleeves. You know, in Genesis 32.10, I want to read to you one of the things that Jacob says, because in this moment with nowhere else to turn, he finally prays. He finally says, maybe I should turn to God. And one of the things he says, Genesis 32.10, listen to this. He says to God, 
I am not worthy of all the unfailing love and faithfulness you've shown to me, your servant. You know, what is Jacob saying here? Ultimately, what he's saying is that God has been the one to be responsible for all of the good that has happened in his life. You know, God has given him so much that he didn't deserve. And he's also seeing that most of what he's been responsible for hasn't turned out the way that he thought it would. In a way, Jacob is realizing in this moment that he's not the hero of the story. He's not the hero he thought he was. And he's accepting that he needs to lean on the true hero. There's no more important recognition in Jacob's life. And there's no more important recognition in our lives as well. But isn't it interesting how whenever we see Jacob kind of coming to the end of himself, he's at the end of his rope, he's out of options, his schemes backfire on him for whatever reason. When we see him kind of down and out, he always realizes that God is right there with him. God shows up every time this happens in Jacob's life. When he finally stops trying to make the world revolve around himself and realizes where all of his schemes has landed him, God shows up. He's there to pick him up again every time. So Jacob in this moment is learning how to let go of the world according to him and how to let God be the true hero. What Jacob is ultimately learning is how to submit after a lifetime of supplanting how to come under the authority of God after a lifetime of submitting to no one's authority in his life. You know, submission is an interesting word. It's an interesting concept in our world that we often don't like. We're trained to not like. It's the meaning of submission is, is simple. It's a military term that simply means freedom through order. It, submitting to God means allowing the one who created us to be the one who defines us. It means to come under the authority of the one greater than us. It means listening to his instruction and walking in his ways rather than trying to remake the world in our image to realize we were created in his image. We are not the hero. That's the reality. But when we choose to submit to the true hero of the story, he actually teaches us how to become more heroic. Acting heroically for us is ultimately when we live out the ways of the real hero. That's what we see in Esau. He shows the, the kindness of the grace of God that is a foretaste of the grace and the mercy that you and I have received from Jesus. God is the real hero. And in this moment, Esau reflects his favor on Jacob, acting heroically by living in God's ways. And the moment that could have been a moment of reckoning becomes a beautiful moment of reconciliation. But none of that was because of Jacob. It is the grace of God flowing through someone who was operating in the ways of God. In the story of Israel, the people that ultimately come from Jacob, we see the same patterns take place over and over again. They go through the same cycles as Jacob does. Many times, the chosen people, they aren't the ones who are acting heroically. So God raises up others in their life, like an Esau, to save the day for them. You just think of Ruth, the foreigner, Moabitess, you know, the great-grandmother of David, the ancestor of Jesus himself, she is not part of that chosen. She's not the story, is not following her. She's not the main character, but all of a sudden she comes on the scene and saves the day. You know, God throughout the story uses pagan kings. He uses weird prophets, even a donkey in the story to help his people when they're headed the wrong way and to draw them back to himself. You know, it seems so many times if you read the Old Testament, like they are determined to be the anti-hero. But God is so patient with them. He's patient with us too. He lovingly draws them back to himself, 
teaches them to walk in his ways and let him be the hero. He restores them and he makes them heroic in his presence. And that's exactly what Jesus wants to do with you and I. You see, if we're honest, every single day of our lives, we're programmed to act like Jacob. We're told by our culture that the highest good we can ever achieve is to realize our true self. The highest joy and peace will come in our lives when we reach self-actualization. Deny yourself nothing. You can have it all and so much more. You're not really living unless you have this going on. Over and over again, we're bombarded by this idea. Every marketing message that we see reinforces it, that we are the center of the universe. We are the hero of the story. And in many ways, that's why we all wrestle with submission like Jacob did. We all have the same patterns inside our hearts as Jacob did. But God is patient with us. He is always with us, waiting and ready for the moments when we realize that we're not all we cracked up to be. All of our striving hasn't paid off. He's patient with us as he was with Jacob. And he doesn't discard us. He doesn't revoke his promises to us. He has a destiny and a purpose for us to walk in, and it is a heroic destiny. He wants to teach us how to be his representatives. It always amazes me that when Jesus came, lived perfectly, gave us the greatest gift, showed the most amazing mercy and forgiveness, and then he hands the mission over to us that amazes me. He calls to us, come follow me, and then he entrusts his mission into our hands. He wants to teach us how to be his hands and feet, how to reflect the face of God towards others, how to act heroically, but he, he empowers us over time to do this as we walk with him, as we stay in step with his spirit, really as we submit to his leading, as we let him be the true hero of the story that we're living in. So I want to reflect today with a couple of questions today. Just very simply, who is the real hero of your story? Question number one, who is the hero of your story? You know, I think one of the best ways that we can assess this is to look at our actions, you know, look at what we do in our lives and, and look at them over some time. So maybe reflect on some of the decisions that you've had to make this week, even today. You know, there's times when following God, letting him be the hero of the story uh, is inconvenient for us. It, it may even bring about awkwardness in our lives or, or discomfort. And that's really, in those moments, that's really when we see who the real hero is for us. So who is the hero in your life? Maybe take a look at some of the actions uh, in your life, the big decisions you've maybe had to make this past week. The second question, what things in your life try to persuade you that you're the hero? Maybe it's advertising you see on TV. Uh, maybe it's, you know, something else going on in your life. Would you do this exercise with me this week? Every time you see an ad, whether that's on TV, whether that's driving, whether it's on the internet, ask yourself, what is this really saying? What's the message beneath the message here? What is it telling me about me, about what my happiness depends on? But it could be other things in your life uh, that are indicating to you who the hero is in your life. You know, maybe it's the way a person looks at you. Maybe it's a, a relationship that you have where, you know, you feel like you're the heroic one. We have to be really careful that we don't ever try and fill shoes in someone else's life that were designed for Jesus alone to fill. You know, even with others, as we interact with others, even if we're doing great things that are God-ordained things and beautiful acts of kindness and forgiveness, you know, we're doing it 
to make him the hero, not ourselves. Third question, what is one way that you can submit to the Lord today? Maybe that involves changing a habit that you know is not submitting to God, that you know is not God's design or God's best for you. Maybe submitting to him today means making space to do things you know that he desires. You know, maybe reading the word, spending more time in the story of God. Maybe it's carving out time in our increasingly busy schedules for prayer. Maybe it's taking a Sabbath this week and just recharging with God. You know, maybe it's unconditionally loving on someone else, seeking out the lost. What is one way that you can submit to God today? I can't wait for us to keep journeying in this story. Pastor Randy is going to join us this coming week and examine the big throwdown, that moment where God wrestles with Jacob this weekend. I can't wait for that. But until then, let's make every effort to slow down, to listen for the guidance of the Holy Spirit in our lives this week. Let's examine our hearts and allow him to be the hero of our story. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we know you're the hero. <laughs> Deep down, we can't deny that you're the hero, but so often we want to take matters into our own hands. So God, we, we simply today want to ask, Holy Spirit, come and reveal to us any areas in our lives where we're trying to step into your shoes. Help us, Lord, to submit to you in all that we do, to trust you, that your desires, your intentions are what Paul says, exceedingly, abundantly above anything we can ask or think. Lord, so often we're like Jacob, who sets out to steal for himself all those things that you promised to him anyway as a free gift. We pray that we would stop striving on our own, stop supplanting on our own like Jacob, recognize those patterns in us, and hold them accountable to what you want for us. Lord, we submit to you, we trust you, and we love you. We're thankful for your patience. We're thankful that you're always with us. Pray that you make us more and more aware of your presence and your heart and your desires for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, and we'll see you again soon.